Hey everyone, excited for this week's episode with Thomas Dong, the VP of Product Marketing at Heap. It's always fun to talk to someone who's currently in the process working on the topic that we're talking about. This week, we're talking about building a product marketing team, and Tom is right in the thick of that, so it's a really good one. Please keep listening. It's been a super weird couple of weeks for America, and that's saying a lot because this year has been so odd, 2020, but the events that took place in the Capitol a couple of weeks ago or last week were really disgusting and tragic. And I just think it's so important to stand up for truth and justice these days, like the actual importance of truth and reality. We can't fall into this trap of a post-truth world, whatever that means, in politics, but also in marketing. So much of the great parts of our society are predicated on honesty and just doing what's right and being a good person. And that's really been under assault for the last four years in politics, but also that stuff trickles down into society and everyday things. And I just think it's important to, to say that it's not great and I'm excited to see things change. Okay, this podcast is a partnership with ShareBird. ShareBird.com is a peer mentoring platform for product marketers. There are great resources there, an amazing job board, these awesome AMAs. Check it out. Uh, if you have any feedback on the podcast in general, specific episodes, things you like, things you didn't, things you want to hear, please email us at podcast at sharebird.com or connect with me on LinkedIn. Shoot me a DM. We love to hear from you. Shout out to our sponsor, Crayon. If you aren't familiar with it, Crayon is an awesome tool for product marketers. Crayon analyzes market trends for you and makes acting on insights easy. This means dynamically updated sales battle cards, alerts, dashboards, much more. Crayon is a great tool for marketers looking to maintain differentiated messaging, improve sales win rates, catch important updates from competitors, and way more. Check them out at crayon.co. All right, let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Product Marketing Experts brought to you by ShareBird. I'm your host, Marcus Andrews, and today we're diving deep into building a product marketing team. Product marketing is an emerging, exciting career, but it's not always a role that's included, hired very early on in a company. And often what product marketing looked like at a company early on needs to be rethought as your company grows. What I've seen happen is that as a company gets product market fit and wants to scale fast, all of a sudden they really understand the impact of product marketing. They see the need for it. They understand what it can do. And they probably should have done it earlier. Everybody's doing their best. I've seen a lot of companies like this hire a seasoned product marketing leader to come in and establish the function. This is awesome. This is really good for us product marketers. It's great to be able to come into successful companies with product market fit and build something out. But this is sort of like installing new tires on a car while it's moving. Product marketing is a really central, really strategic role. So integrating into the different teams, building in a system for launches or positioning, changing the company story, whatever it is, it can be really difficult and be faced with a lot of resistance. So I'm excited to get a product marketing expert here to help us unpack this one. Thomas Dong is the VP of product marketing at Heap where he's in the process of building out the product marketing team. His product marketing team is going to be focused on go-to-market strategy, positioning, messaging, content, sales enablement, and product launches. Really exciting stuff. Glad to have him. Thomas, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me here today. Yeah, really happy to have you on the show. So before we get into what you're currently working on at Heap and building out a product marketing team, I'm just super curious, how'd you get into product marketing in the first place? Yeah, great question. So my heritage is in product management, like many of you out there as well, probably. 
I started out in product management late 90s, back when there really wasn't a delineation between product management and product marketing. So I did both inbound and outbound marketing for a few startups and uh, mid-sized companies. One of them happened to get acquired by IBM in 2009, and IBM being a much larger organization, a lot more functional expertise. So following our integration into IBM, a process they call Blue Wash, in 2010, I actually had to make a decision whether or not I would stay in product management or move into product marketing. At IBM, it just happens that product management is really release management focused, right? So think about how larger companies got to make a lot of commitments. Engineering is very risk averse. So roadmaps aren't terribly exciting and you just become a project manager for the releases. And I decided the parts of product management that I really loved, talking to customers, engaging with analysts, working on product market fit and messaging and things like that. Product marketing was my obvious choice, and I really haven't looked back. Since then, I've, as you mentioned, currently leading up product marketing at Heap. I was leading up product marketing at a company called Couchbase before that, and then before then, a company called OpenText, which probably one of the larger enterprise software companies that most people aren't familiar with since it's based out of Canada. Think of it as the IBM of Canada. I'm a Canadian, by the way, based out in California, but some Canadian pride took over back then and I really wanted to help make Canada great again. And I was there for a couple of years leading up product marketing. Awesome. We love can- Canadians on this show. April Dunford's the, maybe the most famous uh, positioning expert. I mean, she's a exactly. great product marketer. She's Canadian. Yeah. So represent Canada. Also, Tom, you're also complimenting the music on the show, the intro to the product marketing experts earlier, future guests of product marketing experts. If you want to, um, if you want to flatter me, if you want to get me excited, just talk about the music for the show. I'm glad you like it. I hope other people do too. All right. So one, I was reading your AMA on Sharebird and I thought it was really interesting to me how the marketing team at Heap is structured. Can you tell me a little bit about the marketing team at Heap and where product marketing fits in? Yeah, so definitely give a shout out to the new CMO at Heap, Lynn Dorado. She came over from Tableau and a few other companies as a CMO before then. She has a very strong appreciation for product marketing, and it really helps when your CMO has an appreciation for, for it or actually comes with that background in product marketing. So she saw an immediate need to fill a gap where, interestingly, there were a couple of product marketers in the organization, they you know, were learning it on the job, reporting up into a head of marketing, doing product marketing-like things, but nothing really strategic. It was much more tactical. So she brought me on about a couple of months ago to round out her leadership team, which now spans now product marketing, demand gen, and corporate marketing. And there's obviously a very shared collaborative environment here where it's pretty fluid how we organize, you know, the granular parts of marketing, right? So analyst relations, for example, sits in corporate marketing, but now that product marketing's involved, we're taking a much larger role in that, but really excited about the awareness for product marketing being that really the flywheel, I think, not only within the marketing organization, but across marketing and sales and product and sales enablement in particular. So 
Yeah, that's the team. Fairly standard, I think, but really with the introduction of product marketing, I think really makes the marketing organization much more effective at go-to-market. Yeah, yeah. It's always nice to have that CMO appreciative, bought in understanding of what product marketing is and the impact you can have. So I hear you there. How, so tell me about, so you're coming in to build out the team. Where do your priorities lie? What does that look like right now, building the team? What are you focused on? Yeah, so I've been going through really an exercise around product market fit here, learning how our product is pitched in the market, seeing some inconsistency there within how our salespeople talk about it, even how marketing talks about it. And then of course, inconsistency between how sales and marketing are talking about it. So laying the foundation now around personas, building out journey maps and starting to build out the messaging frameworks tuned to the various uh, personas that we've identified. And as we go through this work and foundational perspectives on who we sell to, as we build out our messaging hierarchy, identifying kind of areas in this layer cake of messaging that I need to build out capacity. So at a top level, from a go-to-market strategy, there's aspects of brand and category that we need to build out. And I'll largely leave that up in my role. But as we think about product marketing, then I'd like to break this up. And I've done this uh, in my previous role as well into kind of two aspects of product marketing. One I call solution marketing. And and the reason I call it solution marketing is this is really the individual who serves the sales team. Like what are the needs of the sales teams in terms of the sales plays, the industry messaging they need, the solution messaging that they need. So that's one role I'm I'm currently trying to fill now where they're really going to be the right-hand man or woman to our sales enablement team to build out that content and messaging to really address that first level meeting, I would say. Now, the second aspect of product marketing that I'm trying to build out is what I would call technical product marketing. And I'm very deliberate about calling it technical product marketing here at Keep, because what I've seen in the past is that the product marketers that I'm trying to hire for when we sell business applications is very different than when you sell a technical product that may either be developer first or developer friendly or analytics focused. It really helps to have that subject matter expertise in that area because you need to be creating technical content for these technical audiences. I have two roles right now that I'm actually trying to fill here. And I've got a split here where I have an inside out view of how you message around technical products. There's the expertise that you need around the product itself that you're selling. So I need somebody who can create the messaging and content that we need for our Heaps product analytics platform. But as you sell technical products or any product for that matter, really, who you're selling into, it's really important to understand the existing toolkit that they have. So what is the ecosystem in which he fits in? So I'm trying to hire somebody who has a, who will have a focus slightly broader than just the heat product analytics platform, but where we fit within the ecosystem. And the ecosystem for me actually spans kind of two different components. 
One is the competitive landscape in which we fit, as well as what are the uh, other tools that our, our, our personas that we're trying to sell into already use today. So these are opportunities for us to integrate with these, and there may be co-marketing that we do with these technology partners, but even more loosely in terms of the solutions that we now sell, how does this complement other approaches or tools that they already use? So just to recap, then the three positions that I'm trying to fill for are really the sales-focused solution marketer, and then within a trad- more traditional product marketing function, I have this technical product marketing focus where one would focus on what we sell and then one would focus on what we sell alongside an ecosystem of tools that our buyer personas are already finding themselves in. Super interesting. It makes a lot of sense how you're thinking about the roles on the team and kind of who will do what. So how did you figure out the approach? I imagine you had some idea that you were going to have uh, at least a certain amount of headcount to like build out the team, but what did you do personally to start to figure out how am I going to approach Keep and the building out this team? How did you learn the product and the customer and the market when you came into the role? What were some of the first things you did? Yeah, great question. I think anytime you look at a new opportunity, joining a company or once you're at a company and kind of looking at opportunities of where you're going to focus your efforts, it all comes down to product market fit, right? Is there a solid product market fit that exists? And so that's the question I had going into Heap. And to understand that it's really being able to first and foremost, understand the product, look at how we describe the value to our customers and and prospects. But speaking with customers is is the most important thing. And that's actually really deeply embedded within the culture at Heat, fortunately, for customer feedback and building our own products. It's it's almost like eating your own dog food. We have an initiative called Heap on Heat, where we use Heap as a product analytics tool on our own offering. And so we already have a ton of insight into how customers are using our products, but we also engage in pretty significant processes. And we even coined a name for it. We called it a wave process. And kind of the visual analogy is we make a commitment that in a given week, we're going to talk with six customers and we're going to engage all the uh, stakeholders in the organization to sit in on this and get a deep dive into a, a topic that we want to discuss with customers. And so I've been involved with these and that's been a very effective way Um, to learn the voice of the customer. That's been really important. That's super interesting. How does that work? Is that, so there's calls that are set up, somebody runs a call with a customer and then everybody can listen to it? Or is it like a town hall sort of thing where a customer comes in and everyone's listening? Yeah, in in this virtual world, it's all virtual. So easier to set up from that perspective. It's not the entire company, but has involved kind of the senior leaders in the company and they're very, the, the topics are pretty specific, right? So we're validating, mm-hmm. let's say, a new point of view or a new customer feature or a go-to-market strategy. So you'll involve all the stakeholders from that. But basically, we have an internal validation process where you have to validate everything with five or six customers or five or six external influencers. So that's just being part of the culture makes us much more uh, customer-centric. Uh, yeah. market centric. And I've been able to leverage that as a tool, but that's really 
uh, a best practice that shouldn't, <laughs> should be applied everywhere. Everybody talks about being customer centric. And this is something that I've been impressed with that there's actually a defined methodology and a checklist, right? Before you can move on, you need to do this. And I've been able yeah, to like do that as part of my learning. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. I really like that where it's, that's something that especially product marketers always talk about being customer centric and customer first, but the, yeah, those little systems or processes and ways they get embedded into, usually you see them at the team level, but to see them at the executive level in the company, it's great. And the voice of the customer programs, I know there's people who focus on that in different ways to think about it, but I haven't heard that one before. So I like it a lot. Yeah. So in addition to that, that was the learning part of thing. Your question was like, how did I, I use that to figure out how to build up the team? Mm. I think, you know, coming in, when you look at a company, you're, you're definitely looking for opportunities to improve. A company has been around for a period of time, been selling to customers. There's a revenue stream that exists. And as a product marketer, you're not coming in to, to really change things drastically. You're, you're coming in to improve and optimize what's already been done. And I think that certainly was a case coming into Heap where the immediate value that I'm trying to bring to the company is clarity around the personas uh, and the journey maps and, and really tightening up the positioning and the messaging. And so when you think about that strategic element, that's gonna guide the tactical execution that I now need to resource my team for. And it became very obvious, right, when you start looking at the journey maps and kind of using that as a framework to build out your content strategy, it's quite obvious now where the gaps are. And I would say that's been really the motivator and the rationale for the roles that I'm now trying to fill. So in particular, I have gaps in technical content, let's say at stage two, where you're trying to help an economic buyer learn about your product. Let's take that as an example. So I have a gap there that I need a technical product marketer to come and help really proliferate content in that area. So that, that's how I've been able to leverage. So I came in with two people and I'm getting two additional headcount to, to fill out these gaps in effectively the content that we need to create in the next year while supporting the needs of the sales team. And of course, you know, so those content needs support the campaigns as well that the marketing teams bring to market. It's very interesting. Okay. So we can, you, you also put these in your AMA where you have links to the different, I think they're LinkedIn articles where you talk about clearly some of the tools you like to deploy as a product marketer. Some people may be familiar with like a messaging template and a personas template, but one that isn't is often used is like a, is a journey mapping tool, which is what you were just talking about. So I guess I have two questions out of that one. I would love, tell me about this journey mapping tool, how you think about it, how you use it. What are some of those different stages? And then how are these, how are people measured? What are the goals that they have for these different teams? But first let's start off with this journey mapping tool. What is it? How do you use it? So I would say that Across all the tools that you mentioned, interesting, going back to the first question of how I got into product marketing, the whole backdrop to this is IBM went through a highly acquisitive stage in the 2008 to 2012 timeframe. We were one of them. And interesting, many of them were much more application focused than their traditional IT focus. And so we engaged with serious decisions in that time frame, and they came in and really helped us as marketers figure out how to pivot from selling to IT to selling to more line of business personas, as well as into the C-suite. 
And it was there that I began to develop my playbook around personas, um, evolving my perspective of just design and buyer personas as a product manager to understanding the buying committee. And that all really comes together in this concept of a journey map. And there's a lot of templates out there. There's a lot of different ones that conflate a whole lot of information into the buyer journey. I like to think of the one that I use as pretty simplified because I break things up separately into personas. So I'm not trying to load up a journey map with what they care about and where they're going. That's in the persona template that I have, where I have watering holes of where they go and all their core duties and pains all exist in that document. So the exercise that I do around journey mapping is really trying to just list out the personas I have. So top to bottom, who are my champions? Who are my economic buyers? And who are my influencers? And then left to right, it's your standard marketing funnel. So stage one through what I call stage six, I take people through the journey of awareness, learning, evaluate, buy, use, and advocate. And then the, within each of the boxes now, I will you know, put a circle where, yes, I am engaging with this persona at this stage. So you can basically begin to see, well, who's important and who are you engaging with and hopefully speaking with at each um, stage in that marketing funnel. That just immediately provides value to salespeople to understand who they should be talking to, who's in the buying committee. Marketers know, you know where they need to be generating awareness. So that's where the dots help, right? You're identifying who is critical and important at each stage in the journey. The other thing that I do in this journey map is draw arrows now between all of the dots. And we need a visual, we need a visual podcast here. This is so true. I'm I'm with you. I'm listening. I'm locked in here, but this is, uh, I'm sure you have some good visuals for this. Yeah, I do have visuals and we can point folks to, to those later. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit difficult here. So if you can imagine now that I have this map of these dots and now these arcs that are connecting the dots, maybe just to make this real, right. And I'll pick an example that everybody should be, be able to relate to. Let's say I have an, if I'm saying that I have a developer involved at the evaluate stage for a product, but ultimately the buyer is going to be an engineering leader. If you start looking at your pipeline and your conversion, your revenue and your win loss, maybe you're seeing that we're losing a lot of deals, right? We have, let's say hundreds of developers that we know are downloading the free trial and using it, but I'm only closing two deals. So there's something wrong at that linkage point. And usually your sales and marketing data is going to show you where there are probably potential problems in conversion between those. And now with this journey map, you can break it down to where the problem is at a persona level. So there's probably more that I need to do with those developers. Maybe they're not having a good experience with the trial. Maybe they don't have the right content. Maybe they don't have the right tutorials. Maybe there's a better experience with the competition, right? That, that now this, what this journey map allows you to do is like every function and every stakeholder in the organization knows they're in service of the same thing. And now can begin to look at these drop-off points and say, what can I do in my function to make that better? The docs team will be like, oh, I need to write better documentation. Marketing, you'd be like, oh, I haven't actually nurtured these people in the right way. Like I'm not giving them 
access to the right things to evaluate our product. Maybe we need more competitive benchmarks, for example. It's just a really useful exercise then as a tool to align everybody around a common goal of moving more people through this funnel and making sure everybody gets what they need at each stage and can progress through to that point of making that decision. I like it. And I think often a lot this always like that idea always exists, but it's not until you have a tool or you write it down and there's some shared knowledge at a company where you can really start to have good discussions around it too, because maybe everybody knows some of these things, but until you have something like you're talking about, it's hard to like identify where there's friction or where we need help or support. Mm -hmm. So I like it. I like it a lot. So you take this, you come into Heap and it's, you run through your journey map, you identify some of the needs, you talk to your CMO and and you've got added headcount to help fill these needs, address these needs. What's next? How do you report? Do you come back to the journey map after people have been working on these problems for a while and then reassess? Like, how do you report on your um, results? How are you showing impact? And then do you do this again? Or what's the, what does it look like over time? Yeah, no, great question. You know what? I think these are really foundational things that you know we're doing here now later than we should be. Ideally, mm-hmm. this stuff happens when you get your startup funded and you're building out your plans. So one way I like to view this is, is these are living documents. The journey maps may evolve somewhat, but they're probably not going to evolve a lot over time. Your personas generally are going to stay pretty constant, but their watering holes may change over time as new publications emerge or kind of new startup groups come about. So those can be added over time. I think of this as a very foundational and and fundamental that this leads to our ability to measure the effectiveness of product marketing over time. But I think ultimately your business metrics, your proxy metrics for impacting revenue are going to be around the things that we have a direct hand in around sales effectiveness, around pipeline. Are we helping demand gen kind of find the targets that we're trying to go after? Are we giving the sales team the tools that they need to be more effective and are they able to replicate success around the solutions that we've defined and the sales plays that we've defined for them. Those are really the big level things that I like to measure my teams on. And then of course, there's the tactical pieces like in the day-to-day in terms of, okay, depending on the contributors on the team, somebody may be in charge of launch. How do we measure the effectiveness of the launch process? Are things coming out on time? Are we delivering everything in the the launch bomb that we've committed to? To, let's say, a technical product marketer. In the olden days, it used to be like, how many data sheets have you written? That, to some extent, still remains true today, where, yes, we need to create white papers and data sheets. But I think more and more, it's about the content analytics that you can wrap around that. So, you know, if you wrote a blog, how many people went to visit that blog? Who engaged in that blog? Did they go from that blog to the call to action that you had proposed there? So are we driving them to the documentation? I think that's really where I like to measure the effectiveness of a a modern product marketer today. It's like, is their content effective in market? And are we actually helping our personas move through that journey? Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything else? I think just so you're, you're hiring, I know these more technical product marketers are looking for that technical aspect. Is there anything else that you think makes a really good 
product marketer more generally? To be highly collaborative is really the most important thing. So the table stakes piece, like if you're going to be a product marketer, you've probably moved into this role because you enjoy communicating and sharing knowledge. I mean, that just needs to be base mindset of a product marketer. But increasingly, product marketing is viewed as a very strategic function in an organization and serving as that flywheel between product and sales and the marketing team itself. So the ability to influence a roadmap and work with the product management team is really important. The ability to support the needs of the sales team is really important. And there it's about being able to synthesize all of the feedback that is coming in through that channel where you have some more vocal reps who have maybe very loud, influential customers, but maybe they're not always your ideal customer profile and being able to synthesize through that and support their needs is a really important skill set to have. And then marketing. Uh, is the other area you need to be able to collaborate. You need to understand the tactics and effectiveness of the content that you're creating. And, you know, I always have a great time working with demand gen teams, campaign teams, web teams, right? Because that's what makes everything you write very real. And they're always very appreciative of a product marketing team that can help guide them strategically. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, they have money to spend. They're going to execute regardless but they want to make sure that they're spending it in the right channels, targeting the right people, the right job titles. And you know, that's where we can come in and, and influence that and even give ideas on thought leadership campaigns, you know, what campaigns they should be running based on our intelligence of what's happening in the market. Yes, that, that would be fundamentally the, the skill sets around communication and collaboration. I personally also look for a third trait, which really is just potential. And the reason I call this one out is because I don't think any of us in the product marketing field grew up saying, when I'm growing up, I want to be a product marketer. We don't go to school and get a degree in product marketing. We just somehow fall into it uh, based on what we love doing. And there's a lot of crossover that happens. I came from product management. I've converted product managers into product marketers. The ones that I found had a more outbound focus, taking pre-sales people into product marketing because they know the products. Same thing with consultants, PS guys and gals are great potential uh, folks to convert into product marketers. So I say potential because this is actually a corporate culture uh, and value at, at Heap itself is you want to be able to grow people into this role, knowing that this isn't something that they were specifically trained for. They mm -hmm. developed knowledge of the products over time. They probably have an existing knack for writing and communication. And so that's where the potential really comes into play. Do they have a, the ability to do it today? And then do they have a strategic mindset where they understand the business and they're, they're customer-centric by nature? and are able to have those conversations with customers. Yeah, I like that. I think uh, a couple of points in there, just that it's good not to overlook the fact that product marketers should be good marketers. I know it's built into the title that we're in marketing, but it is something, the role is strategic and you're working a lot with product, but I agree totally that the better marketer you are, the better partner you are to these teams like demand gen, and they really need it. And you have to be able to get in there and 
do work with them. And yeah, and then your potential point, I, I think is great too. Any mistakes that either you've made or that you've seen people make when starting a product marketing team from scratch, or maybe not from scratch, just building a new product marketing team, mm-hmm. anything that like you can't undo, or that is an easy mistake to m- make along the way? Yeah. Seems a little strong to characterize it as a mistake. The requirements change over time. But what I have seen, particularly in kind of these startup companies where there wasn't product marketing to begin with, and you're converting folks into product marketers, you're realizing, oh, I, you know, I, I need somebody who can write messaging. Um, yeah. And in the early days, you pull people over from certain functions to do it. One caution I would place is for longevity in, in the role is that I have found that just because it's product marketing and you think it's marketing, sometimes you will pull folks over into the role who have a hard time actually originating new content. They can cut and paste content and, and build things out of existing things, but you really need to make sure that you find people who understand your product deeply enough that when you come up with new strategies and, and new messaging and new routes to market, that this individual is able to actually write that new messaging from scratch. So maybe not so much a mistake, but something just to be thinking about for the long term, that if you're moving somebody into product marketing, that there is that potential to be able to do that. Yeah, totally. There's a creative element to the role. And yeah, if you can't translate the product into something. It can definitely be taught, but yeah, I agree. That's, it's something that people need to figure out quickly if they're in, if they're in the role. Cool. So you are hiring, right? Hopefully you'll make some hires quickly, but if people want to get in touch with you or interested in heap or interested in learning more, is there an easy way to do that? Yeah. Please find me on LinkedIn. All the postings are on the heap website at heap.io. And I know that through various product marketing communities like Sharebird and product marketing community, we'll make sure that the postings are listed there as well. Awesome. Hopefully people got a good idea of what it is that you're building and trying to hire for as they're reaching out. Sounds super interesting. What's your outlook on the career of product marketing? Do you think it's a good place for people to be right now? I absolutely do. And maybe the one tidbit that I'll share here that I've noticed here in Silicon Valley, as I get outreach constantly for new opportunities, particularly in startups nowadays, a lot of the VP marketing roles, CMO roles, they're actually looking for somebody with a product marketing background. And I find that really interesting. That's something that's been changing slowly over time. And it's a recognition that in these earliest stages, you're not trying to ramp pipeline. You're trying to build awareness. You're trying to build a community and you need to understand your messaging and you need to understand your routes to market. You can't scale up demand gen until you have that in place. So I think that's really exciting for us as a profession that as the CMO role shapes up, and under, it used to be about you just need to be a demand gen person, but now you need to be a product marketer and or a demand gen person. I think that makes it very exciting just thinking in terms of one potential career path for product marketers to move into CMO roles. I think that's really exciting for us. You're spot on when you say like it's from one, I think it's a couple of things happening. Like one, it's just easier to build a demand gen engine where five, six, 10 years ago, like if you could build a great functioning demand gen engine, you were going to get hired as a CMO because it was really, really hard to do, but it's gotten easier. And now, like you said, the 
this, I think the companies that are smarter, they've figured out their identity and their narrative and their product marketing, and then are building the demand gen and they're standing out in a way that other companies aren't because they've got their buyer journey figured out and they've got their persona figured out. So love it. Thomas, I really appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on the show and hopefully we talk again soon. Thanks a lot, Marcus. We really enjoyed it. It's alright